Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Since last Monday, the following things have occurred in the college basketball universe. Number three, Villanova lost to Providence. Number four, Xavier lost to number three, Villanova. Number five, Cincinnati lost to Houston and to number 19, Wichita State. Number six, Purdue lost to Wisconsin. Number seven, Texas Tech lost to Baylor. Number eight, Ohio State lost to Penn State and number 22, Michigan. Number 10, Auburn lost to South Carolina. Number 11, Clemson lost to Florida State and to number 12, Duke. Number 15, St. Mary's lost to San Francisco. Number 16, Rhode Island lost to St. Bonaventure. Number 18, Tennessee lost to Georgia. Number 20, West Virginia lost to number 13, Kansas. Number 21, Texas A&M lost to Missouri and Arkansas. Number 23, Oklahoma lost to number seven, Texas Tech and Texas. Number 25, Arizona State lost to number 17, Arizona. In short, partner, welcome to True College Basketball Madness. And listeners, welcome to the Screen the Screener College (laughs) Basketball Podcast. That is what we're looking for from a weekend and a week leading into March and taking us to President's Weekend. Thank you for always tuning in. Uh, Thanks to Blog Talk Radio for powering us up. Thanks for tuning in, carving out some time. You could have been anywhere else on the dial, but you're here with us, Mike and Gus. We appreciate that. Mike... You just read that rundown. That's insane. What in the world is going on? What's going on is that we are getting ready for maybe the greatest NCAA tournament that we've ever seen in our lifetime. And it is certainly going to be one of the top ones since the tournament expanded in 1985. That's for sure. Chaos reigns supreme, partner. We got games to go over. I think I'm going on the couch later. Is that correct? I can't wait for this. Is that true? I I, we, 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 have a, we have something set up for you. As long as you're willing to get comfortable, we're, we're uh, going to put you on the couch. I'll get comfortable. You know I won't hold back my opinion. Let's start on Friday. Number 16, Rhode Island, goes to St. Bonaventure. St. Bonaventure, the Bonnies get a massive win, 77-74. Rhode Island came in Gus undefeated in conference. I called this one. I felt St. Bonaventure is getting right. You also called this one. You said on your mid-major podcast, which again, folks, is the best mid-major podcast that is out there right now. Gus does it Saturday morning. He said, if Mo- you were saying earlier, if Mobley gets going, you think that this is going to go well. And Mobley got hot. And sure enough, St. Bonaventure won. The Bonnies are 20-6 and six overall, 10-4 and four in the A-10. Senior guards partner, Jalen Adams and Mobley, they combined their averaging 38 points per game combined. They both played 40 minutes. The uh, the Bonnies were 20-23 from the free throw line. Rhodey's 16-game winning streak is over. They still got a three-game lead in the A-10. But it was a great game and a huge win for Coach Mark Schmidt and St. Bonaventure. Listen, when you have a enormously talented backcourt like St. Bonnie's does, and you just needed to get number one Adams healthy, and then number two getting get him integrated. Now that the roles are kind of in place, where Adams is going to be the go-to guy, where you know he went off for forty plus, but if he doesn't have that A plus game, that All American game, we know that Mobley can run the show, and this is what happened. When you have like two of the best backcourts in the nation, URI and St. Bonnie's, um, sometimes you just gotta lean with the home team. Sometimes you might have to lean with the best player on the court. And did and, and, and didn't Kevin Connors when you Kevin Connors interview by the way, which was great? He said that he thinks Rhode Island is the best backcourt in the nation. I think he said which that. I was kind of shocked. Yeah, I was. Like, wow. I was like, Get out of here, Kevin! You gotta be kidding me. Um, we, it's funny because we talked about that um, off air afterwards, uh, not in the podcast. And he said he just loves their guards. He said he just loves, like, he thinks they're the best backcourt in the nation due to their line. Like, just not not because of Matthews or because of Terrell. He thinks because of everybody. He thinks that, like, their backcourt, all five of those guys are the best backcourt in the nation. So that's why he he went with that statement when we were talking afterwards off air, which was pretty cool. Um, 
and again, like Kevin Connors was so ge- he was so generous with his time. Uh, he was really polite, and he was you know he was obviously he's very knowledgeable with mid major stuff. But um, yeah, he was just a real gentleman. So uh, kudos and thank you to him for jumping on the pod. Um, so one more thing here, and then uh, you know then we can pro- probably move on. I think one of the underrated players on the St. Bonnie's team is also in the backcourt. I think Taki is really talented. I know he had a terrible game shooting-wise, 2 for 11, but watching some of this game on Friday while we're trying to get the pod up, uh, the mid-major pod, and talking to Kevin on Friday, I really thought that his talent level stood out and was I think it's going to be a difference-making talent moving forward. So I think they have not one, not two, but I think they have three difference-makers in the backcourt with Adams, Mobley, and Taki. And by the way, this win has to put the Bonnies on the right side of the bubble, right? 100%. They're in, and the best thing that happened to St. Bonaventure was Jalen Adams getting hurt. They struggled early, but Mobley uh-huh. stepped up. All these other guys stepped up. One guy who I loved, who really opened my eyes, was Ladarian Griffin, the six foot six junior. He was all over the place, high hands, active hands, rebounds, getting huge rebounds late for this team, putbacks. The St. Bonaventure is in. Great win for them. They are massively, massively dangerous. They have a great coach. You know my thoughts on coaching. They have two great guards. They have seniors. They have leadership. They have a shot maker at the end of the game. They probably have two. Doesn't bother me for Rhode Island. I still think Rhode Island's great. This is a very tough spot. They almost won the game. They would have been undefeated right. in conference if they won this game probably. Yeah. Still and, and, love both teams. And and you just read down like what the carnage of this past week. So no no harm lost here with URI. I'm good I'm good with that. And by the way, uh, great call with Griffin. Griffin was so impactful uh, in the last three minutes of that game, diving on the ball for uh, diving on the floor for loose balls, getting rebounds, uh, defending at a high level. Uh, y- yeah, you called it. So great call with Griffin. Let's turn the page to Saturday. Number two, Michigan State. This was insane. I watched this game and may or may not have made a second half wager on this game as well, which, <laughs> which didn't go well at all. I mean, Gus. Wait, wait, wait. wait. If, if gambling was legal, you actually wagered on the second half? Well, Gus, it's 49-27 Northwestern. Oh, no, no, it's 49-27 Northwestern is up at the half. And the second half line was Northwestern plus 10. So at that time, I go, I think Northwestern's having a day. They're having the, the, their game of the year. Michigan State's on the road, whatever. I mean, if Michigan State outscores them by eight in the second half, I still win. No, that, that didn't work at all. Michigan State 65, Northwestern 60. Huge comeback for the Spartans. They outscore Northwestern on the road 38-11 in the second half. 11 total points at home for Northwestern. Well, partner, that's Rosemont, right? So that's right, really right. sort of the issue here, I think, as well. Right. Um, like, we're going to have all Kansas people hop on us. It's not uh, a really true home game. Gosh, gotcha. uh, okay. Enough, the fog, the magic of the fog. Okay, we'll get to that. Spartans, just- were, Spartans were down 27, partner, at one point. They came back. Cassius Winston, four of six from three-point range. He got off the side of a milk cart, and he's actually playing well now. Big second-half baskets for Jaron Jackson. I know you're a huge fan. Michigan State has quietly won 10 in a row. By the way, the largest halftime deficit ever, according to ESPN, was 29, so they almost matched that in NCAA history. What a win for Michigan State. I can't help Gus but feel badly for Northwestern and Chris Collins. This year has not gone the way they thought. Absolutely. It's gone completely off script. Like they, they thought they could continue that like lovable darling role that they had last year where it was a very Cinderella-ish ride to the tournament. And they were, you know, they were the talk of the town. Again, they gave Gonzaga everything he could handle in that second round game. They actually won a game in the tournament and they brought everybody back, uh, almost everybody back. And no, no, it, it, the script doesn't work that way. Sometimes when you then become the hunted and you are the team that is a preseason ranked top 25 or top 30 team and then you don't get off to a good start and you didn't, you know, just listen to listen to what Matt McIntosh said in his quote. He said, we weren't prepared enough. Maybe some of the guys weren't in shape enough like that. That tells you all you need to know from this. And this game was kind of like the perfect like thumbnail sketch of like how their season has gone so much potential but it's all gone wrong boy if michigan state didn't have the the off the court issues right now i would really like them i still i picked them to win the national championship preseason i still like them an awful lot 
Right, but I, they're rolling. They have depth. They have guys off the bench. I mean, really, they, they look the part if you just look on paper. But, of course, we'll see how it goes in March. Number three, Villanova, 95. Number four, Xavier, 79. What a game this was. A fantastic road win for Villanova. They won by 16 at Xavier. Very tough place to play. Nova has lost at Butler, lost at St. John's. They lost their last game at Providence. But this is a win they had to have, partner, if they want to continue their streak of winning the Big East title ever since the realignment in 2013. So here's a couple of things right out of the box. Number one, it seemed like Villanova got the first punch in, right? Like Villanova hit Xavier hard on right away. On fire from three. On fire. Like, oh. At, but then Xavier came back and answered that punch with a counter punch in the second half and got the game within three, right? Then you want to see what would happen moving forward from that juncture of the game. Like where would the game pivot moving forward from there? And it just seemed to go back to the original script from the first half where uh, Villanova just was more efficient, slightly better ball handling, little better decision making. But again, Blewett does his thing. He had another four point play in this game. He was their leading scorer, obviously. He looked like the best player on the floor for a moment in the second half. I think the question is can J- uh, can Mikura, can Gooden, can Nigel Marshall, uh, can one of those guys step up and be a very reliable Robin? Blewett is going to be the stud. Do they have that second-tier player that's going to put up big numbers in a big game like this? I don't know. Yeah, the concern I have with Xavier, and again, Xavier's great, okay? They can actually make a Final Four. Everyone has warts. But what I'm seeing in these big games is Trayvon Blewett is not – creating his own shot he gets threes in transition he comes off of staggered screens but if he you know he hit some big shots here of course nine to ten from the line but he is not a break them down off the dribble guy neither is jp mccura now i know gooden is good i just don't know if gooden is at the level they need him to be to to get to let's say a final four national title they're in that mix But that's the difference. Jalen Brunson, who did not have a great game here, set up his teammates. And Dante DiVincenzo is the most underrated player in college basketball. Gus, Are are you kidding me with this line? He he played out of his head. Can shoot it. Big. Rebounds. Tough defender. Takes charges. Gritty. Gritty. Gritty player. Love DiVincenzo. Booth is coming back this week. Nova looks the part as a top team in the country. Xavier's fine, but big win for Villanova. I think this was a kind of a defining win for, for Nova. This could have been Xavier's, like, put their stamp on the season, like, we are a legit national title contender. Could have locked up the Big East title, too. And now I think they're back in the mix where you're like, ah. Oh, uh, maybe you throw them in the mix with Purdue. Maybe you throw them in the mix with Texas Tech. Maybe you throw them in the mix with with Kansas. Like a, a team that's really good with some question marks. Number seven, Texas Tech loses at Baylor, fifty nine fifty seven. Partner, they lost a lot more than that. Keenan sure Evans got hurt, went out at the end of the first half. Not sure how long he's going to be out. You see an update on that? I haven't seen an update yet. No, okay. I haven't seen anything yet. I don't know if they released anything. I mean, obviously, we'll have our uh, you know ear to the railroad and see if we get any uh, information. But right now. Um, no news is good news, I guess. I guess. I, I'm not sure. It's bad because they're hosting Kansas. Game day is going to be there. College game day is going to be there next Saturday. And this was a bad loss because we'll get to a Kansas one, which means they're tied now. They could have really put this Big 12 away. The Red Raiders lost Evans, and they had a huge – they really played well in the second half, to be fair. But without Keenan Evans' partner, this teammate sniffing is not even in the ballpark for a one or two seed. And I don't think they're even one of the top – four or five seeds without him. They really struggle. But Baylor now is getting hot. They're 17 and 10. They're 7 and 7 in the conference. They have five consecutive wins, including number 10 Kansas at Texas and now number 7 Texas Tech. I think we can throw Baylor into the same situation as St. Bonnie's. St. Bonnie's struggled early due to, you know, roster issues. Baylor struggled early um, due to just not being able to figure it out. But kudos to Coach Drew 
and Baylor for getting it straightened out and not giving up on the season. And P.S., they won this game without a giant game for Manu LeCompte. And Terry Masson continues to do Unbelievable. His thing. Unbelievable. He's a you, microwave. You, you called it, and, and, and I mean, we named it. We named a whole podcast. After we did. Him. Uh, I don't and, know why we and, did, and but now, we did. <laughs> and now he's proven us right. I mean, the guy goes off for another twenty-four points and was totally the difference maker in this game. And you know what? Just to get back to Texas Tech for a second, you're totally right. Without Keenan Evans, uh, this team is so pedestrian. They're brutal. They're brutal. They need them. They need them. And and this is sort of the theme, right? Look at this year when Raleigh Alkins was taken out of Arizona. Now, listen, what, what do you want to say, Gus? He's the third best player on Arizona? Around that? Right yeah, there, yeah, right? you can argue okay. that. Yeah, right. yeah. He, they fall apart. Okay? Other teams. I'm missing somebody. Somebody else lost a player to injury. This, who am I talking about? This is another team that lost guys. Injury. When you take one guy off a team, it really makes well, a difference. How about, how about Villanova with no booth? Yeah, sure. Exactly. Thank you. No sure. booth. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And they lost um, they lost Pascal for a little bit too. It, yep. it makes a huge, huge difference. And if you're Texas Tech and how you – how about, how about Miami? And oh, of course, no yeah, Brown. Bruce Bo- yeah, Bruce Brown, yeah, and right. and I, I got to tell you, going to Notre Dame tomorrow, partner. I don't know about that one either. We'll get to that a little watch, bit later. Watch out, yeah. But you're you're Texas Tech. You're in first place by a game over Kansas in the Big Twelve. I tell you, Coach Beard, that Mano Lacan's going to have ten points, and the rest of the starters are going to have seven, one, eight, and zero. Gosh, you got to win the game. And I know, I mean, I know Keenan Evans got hurt. But you, if you get that as a scouting, you got to win the game. You got to win the yeah. game. I mean, Evans got hurt. They just fell apart. I know Zach Smith, the whole thing. Really tough, though. And Baylor, give them credit. They're making the tournament, man. I, unless I, when I say those things and I put them out on Twitter, folks, and by the way, feel free to follow us on Twitter at SDS Podcast, myself at Randall Rant, or Gus at Seacurrents12. I'm saying it, you know, barring a catastrophe, okay? So when I say Baylor's making the tournament, if Mano LeConte, God forbid, tears his ACL tomorrow, they're not making the tournament, okay? But right, assuming right, that right. everything continues within reason, Baylor is scalding hot. They'll win a game or two here or there. I think they're in. I think they got to be in. And Gus, you know, they play something that, that really college basketball doesn't know how to solve. I don't know if you heard, <laughs> Here it comes. I love it. Here I don't know if you've heard of it. They play a zone defense, you know? No, and, no and, not and, even a zone. It's a goofy zone. It's a goofy, right. And and that what happens is everyone turns to stone. They just stare. It's it's almost as if you're trying to find Waldo. You, everybody plays a zone. It's the magic elixir. Baylor's hot partner. Uh, yeah, I like what Baylor's doing. Uh, I love what uh, Jolo's still being impactful on on the boards and on the defensive end. Uh, Masson's playing really well. Uh, Vitell is actually doing a little something for them. Um, are they piecing it together? Yes. Uh, are they, you know, are we going to talk about them and like, oh, they're definitely a sweet 16 team. They, they're, they're a sleeper elite eight team. No, but did they get their act back together to get their name in the conversation for the tournament? Absolutely. So kudos to them. Baylor, Gus, is a splinter. It's annoying. It doesn't go away. And you don't want to see it in your bracket <laughs> come March Madness. So, so unless you're Yale. I, exactly. Yes. Very good. Well played. Very good. Boy, I can't wait for this one. Gonzaga 81, the 1 in 15 in conference, Pepperdine Waves 67. With under eight minutes left, the score was Gonzaga 66, Pepperdine 64. This is Pepperdine, partner. Pepperdine. The I same gotcha. team that lost at home to Gonzaga by 30 points. Gonzaga's hot. They absolutely destroyed St. Mary's. They're rolling. They stumbled early on, but now they're hot. I know you're going to say it's no big deal. You can say all's fine. You can start talking about all these guys because you know everybody. It's Encyclopedia Gus Tanaka when it comes to place. Gus is going to give me 20 minutes on how Pepperdine's underrated right now. But tell me why this is not a big deal when Gonzaga shot 13 of 23 from three-point range, which they've been a little spotty this year. That's 56%, and they're still sweating it out. Help me. Here's Here's why. Just hit the rewind button on this particular podcast about 10 minutes. Gonzaga on that list. They're Gonzaga not, on that list. They are not. They are not on that list. They're not. Yes. Yeah. You know why it's no big deal? That's why. Sometimes you just have to champion taking care of your business. There were at least twelve teams on that list that are nationally ranked that did not take care of business against unranked teams or teams that are ranked slightly lower than them. Gonzaga. Had its big win. So maybe it suffered like a game and a half like hangover. I'm okay with it. And like I told you on the mid-major podcast, Gonzaga has a problem. And their problem is 
two of their three best players don't start. Yeah, I heard that. Kispert's one of their best players. Why is that exactly? Kispert. Is you, one you, you, you watch them play. It, and and it, 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 he stands out. Like He is an impactful player. He is vocal. He is one of the vocal leaders as a redshirt freshman. That guy can hit from three. He brings it to the hole hard. He defends. And he rebounds well for his position. I love Kitsford. I, I think that he's completely underrated. I I love Connor Frankamp also, but I, I don't know I don't know if I'm ready to say. Oh I mean, no, we're 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 talking about two different types he, of athletes. He's not better than Williams. He's not better than Tilly. He's not better than Melson. He's not better than Perkins. Right? Yeah, easy, easy. Yeah, I, I I'm just saying. I'm just saying they're gonna they they have they have a great problem. You think he's better than Norvell? Oh no! I think Norvell is one of those guys. I think Norvell and Hachimura and Kitsburg are are, th- are are arguably their three best players. Well, I think Hachimura may actually be the savior of the world. By the way, I think I, I think if I, if I if the world explodes I mean, tomorrow, I, look, I love that you've bought into Hachimura. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I love. It. And by the way, you sold me on Gonzaga. You're right. They took care of business. That's a great. That's a great answer. I, I, there's nothing else I could say. They did take care of business, and so many other teams haven't. I would, Augusta, rather this not be Pepperdine. Could it be the teams that are sort of mid-West Coast? San Diego? You know, I'd be all right with it. But a win's a win. They took care of business. Enough and, said. And, and, and listen, kudos to Pepperdine. Oh, here we listen, go. Here we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I love him. I love the guy. I love Look, him. Ross played really well. If you're a student athlete, that's all you want. You want your opportunity against a nationally ranked team. That's what happens. That's what happens as you're a student athlete. Like, right. look, this is our this is our one chance. This is our one chance to like shine. We're on national. T- we're on national TV or ESPN three or whatever it is. Or, or um, I'm trying to think the root network that's out there. Um, and uh, guess what? We're gonna play really well, and we're gonna make this game competitive in the second half. But then they end up winning by double digits, and everything's cool. You 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 want to say that they took care of business? No one else has. Great point. You want to say, listen, they won. Let's move on. Great point. What I'm not taking is everybody on Twitter talking about how we're bragging about how great Josh Perkins is against Pepperdine. Okay, I'm not. I'm not taking the Perkins took a step forward against the 115 Pepperdine waves at home. That's the only one I'm not, I'm not buying right, here. Right. I'm with you on there, and you kind of know where I stand with this. And listeners, yes, this, you called this, it. You nailed it. You've nailed this, it. This is it. Perkins plays like he played against Pepperdine. Not out of control and crazy and like uh, uh, searching for a shot and like thinking like it's his turn to get a shot. If he just plays when the offense facilitates and gets the ball to every place it needs to go in the offensive set, they're really good. If he gets like flighty and a little shifty and 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 you know takes like long twos early in the shot clock, then we got issues. But if he plays like he did against Pepperdine, just under control within the offense, not feeling like he has to do too much, this team is really, really, really good. And if Gonzaga shoots 56% from three-point range, they will be in the rhymes with vinyl nor. Okay? That's all I got to say about that. Number 10, Auburn, (laughs) 75. Mrs. Randall, South Carolina, 84. (laughs) You may have seen on Twitter we're arguing. My argument was I wanted to to give the 6.5 with Auburn. She did not. Of course, we see how that ended up. Auburn entered this game as the new number one seed, right, Gus? Everybody was was talking about them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's get it going. Huge loss. They were losing 42-16. I mean, I just took my comeuppance all afternoon long. (laughs) On that score, I would have, I would have loved to be uh, like a like a wiretap in your house that that, that afternoon. That all, all she all she kept saying was, "Got to score South Carolina Auburn." <laughs> I got to score South Carolina over. She doesn't score. I go, honey, I'm going to take the garbage out. I went outside for 20 minutes. Uh, Tiger shot 5 of 27 from three-point range. Now, listen, Auburn's still first in the SEC by two games over Tennessee. However, the problem partner, they lose sophomore forward Anthony McLemore late in the first half to a horrific fractured tibia and dislocating his left ankle. He's out for the season. That is a problem. They struggle with bigs inside. They struggled with Silva inside. They lost at home to Texas A&M, who's a dumpster fire. We talk, we'll talk about that later. This is a bad loss. Auburn's having a great year, but that personnel loss partner is really tough for Auburn. And you know what that reminded me of right away? It reminded me of like the first game of the Celtics season this Good year. Good call. Good call. Yep. And you're just like you have all of this, and and I feel like Auburn was in the same boat. Like 
they 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 everybody's saying they're the new number one seed. They're going to move up in bracketology. Like all of this, like optimism right and the same thing with the celtics um you know, they, they they sign their free agents they they have their lineup they have a great draft and then boom crisis hits night one and it seems like this was a similar situation where like they're in the mix for a number one seed leading their conference and then boom macklemore goes down with like just a horrific injury you, you saw his teammates reaction on the sideline yes sir that, that told you all you need to know about this injury um and you know what? Sometimes, unfortunately, we'll take the injury out of this particular conversation. When you get ranked for the first time, like we've talked about this with Nevada, uh, the tail end of uh, the top 25. Uh, we've talked about this with a couple of other teams like uh, that have gotten ranked in the top five for the first time all year. Like sometimes that pressure it, like gets to you. Sometimes that that's a real thing. Sometimes that's a it's a limiting factor. Uh, it, it, there's no like scientific proof to it, but that that air in the locker room and on the sidelines becomes a little, I don't know, a little less. Um, so maybe Auburn was feeling a, a little bit of that, but Macklemore in, injury here is just a killer because they were already limited roster wise and they had a great rotation rolling. So you want to see what Coach Pearl does here to plug this unbelievably large hole that McLemore's injury has left. You root for this team because all of these guys are playing their tails off and playing out of position. So you just want to continue to root for this team and, and hope they continue to find success. I think the question now is, are they going to hold on for this SEC regular title? Good question. And the SEC is loaded. But listen, if they find a way after everything they've gone through, and look at the top of the SEC, Tennessee and Auburn, huh? How about that? Crazy. That, that's that's out of control. Um, I, I love it. It's great. <laughs> also out of control. Number thirteen, Kansas, seventy-seven. Number twenty, oh, West man. Virginia, sixty-nine. Full disclosure. Pull back the curtain as we do here in the Screen the Screener podcast. I may or may not have sent a text to Dr. Tony and Gus saying. <laughs> Who has two thumbs and took West Virginia plus three and a half when they were up 11? And then I sent a picture of myself with my thumbs up. I asked my, I asked my wife to take, to take it. And I said, sure enough, West Virginia. I did, yes. Just supporting the Bucks. Should have been watching the Bucks. Should have had a Buck run into the house and stab me in the head while I was watching this game. Would have been more enjoyable. West Virginia blows yet another second half lead. This time at Kansas, they lose by eight. The Jayhawks do not quit. Bill Self does not panic. And this team just keeps coming. However, West Virginia is driving me crazy. Bob Huggins. What else do you need to happen to understand that the nonstop pressing is wearing your team down? How many second half leads do you have to blow against Kentucky, against Kansas twice, against Texas Tech? How many times do you have to blow a lead before you make a freaking adjustment? This is a wide-open NCAA tournament. You have a chance to go to your third Final Four. You have a spectacular point guard in Javon Carter. And all of a sudden, late in the second half, you cannot score. You drive to the basket and honestly, pipe down about the freaking fouls, Huggy. Okay? It was 26-14. to That's what the fouls were. I don't care about the free throws. You have no offense. Your offense is chuck and duck. That's what it is. You almost beat Gonzaga last year. I don't know how. It's horrific. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Terrible job by West Virginia and Kansas. You just won't die. You're like the monsters from Thriller, and you just keep coming up through the ground, and you're hunting, and you're saying, Big 12 zombie, here come the Kansas zombies. Gus, I'm done. I was waiting for this part of the podcast. Ah. I'm sure the listeners were as well. Here, here's my two. T- I have three elements on this particular game. One. West Virginia has a gigantic advantage against Kansas, and they did not unleash it. Their advantage here is their depth. If you're going to run this press and you're going to run uh, you know, this aggressive defensive scheme, I know they didn't press the entire game, but they, they, you know, they were picking up at half court, so on and so on. Then get Bolden in there. Then get West in there. Get Allen in there. Use your talented bench. I mean, one of the things we talked about was like one of the barometers was like, okay, is Bolden going to have a good game? 
Is Allen going to get his shots? Like, okay, fine. If they miss a defensive assignment, like, don't blow up on them and then limit them to five minutes. They still need to play double-digit minutes if you're going to beat Kansas and use that as an advantage. So, number one, use your bench smarter. Those guys are talented players. Live with a missed defensive assignment here and there for the talent they have on the offensive end, which obviously was the problem here. Two, love that Huggy went off on the refs. It's always a great sideshow. It's always going to be a headline. You love that he called some guys out and said, like, why aren't we getting free throws? But then I think third thing here, like, you know, that, that was like the what we saw on TV. That was in the postgame interview, so on and so on. But here's what I think happened for real. I think he went into the locker room and I think he apologized to his guys. I think he got together with his coaching staff and looked and said, what can we do different? So I think he put on a big show and, 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 you know, and cried wolf. But I bet he went into his guys and I bet he apologized and I bet he got in with his coaching staff and is going to figure out a way to write that discrepancy in the fouls and the foul shots take. That's what I think. What is it's frustrating me is I love great coaches, and great coaches matter. And Bob Huggins is a great coach. They, they stifled Kansas in the half court. Kansas could not score. Their best offensive move in the half court was Azabuki in the post. For most of this game, Mahalik. By, by, by the way, can we can we just throw it out there? He's having an unbelievable season. Great season, and he went seven to ten from the free throw line here. Well yeah. done. He's working hard on those. Mahalik. Yeah. Finally, finally, someone took out Mespi Mahalik. Nine points, one of two from three point range. Graham, fifteen points, two of five, doesn't kill you. Malik Newman, okay. Vic, okay, fine. They they didn't have offense. Do you know, Gus, what the press did? It allowed Kansas to have an offense. Take it off with five minutes left. You're not getting it. Do you think you're going to turn Kansas over? As Gus said, when you've played Root, nine minutes, Allen, three minutes, Bender, seven minutes, do you think the Kansas players are going to be more tired than your players, or is it going to be a wash? You got, he allowed them to get an offense. He allowed them to get things going. It was ridiculous. It's like he walked over to a fire that's dying and he freaking pumped gasoline all over the place. Uh, he blew on those enders, embers oh. real strong. And that fire got stoking again without question. But great job by Kansas. Tied for the Big 12. They're playing Texas Tech. Evans, and her, Evans is hurt. Here we go again. There we just go again. Title number 14 coming. Speaking of 14, 14th ranked North Carolina Tar Heels destroyed Louisville 93-76. If you listen to Gus' podcast, you follow me on Twitter. Louisville stinks. We told you that. We like North Carolina. They're rolling. This was a good Saturday wager for me, saving my day. Carolina start to finish. Louisville, I think they stink. And again, stink meaning they're just in disarray. Padgett's yeah. got to make adjustments. He's never been a head coach. He's never even been a lead assistant coach. He can't mm-hmm. make those adjustments. They're in trouble. 21-7 and seven for UNC. 10-5 and five in conference. Tar Heels won five in a row. Louisville 18-9, 8-6 in conference. They lost four of their last six. Gus, let me know what games you think Louisville's going to win. Ready? Before the ACC tournament. Win or loss? Go. At Duke. Loss. At Virginia Tech. Loss. Home Virginia. Lost. At NC State? Oh, boy, 0-4. Oh Anything else? <laughs> so we just you know, called out Coach Huggins for not using his bench properly. Guess who is using his bench properly? It's Roy Williams. Old Roy. Old Roy. Now, you go ahead and look at the box score, and you see all five of his starters in this quote-unquote. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go with this every single time until they, like, you know, hit a clunker, okay? With their quote-unquote, like, Golden State Warriors death lineup because they are so small. It's ridiculous, right? They have literally they're playing May at the five, which is nuts and, and so successful. But they're bringing in Brooks for, for nine minutes. They're bringing in Manley for five minutes. They got uh, Seventh Woods coming off the bench for a couple of good minutes. They're, they're, they're using their bench properly and not overtaxing their guys. At least you hope. Uh, this death lineup 
is awesome. Did you did you happen to see? I'm sorry. Did you happen to see that tweet of Sutton's face when Manly came back in the game? <laughs> he's at the free throw no, line no. and he sees Manly oh, no. come in the game and he's just exacerbated because he couldn't score on Manly. So kudos, you're exactly right. They're using his lineup perfectly. He's using his lineup just absolutely perfectly. And, Man- and again, Manley and Brooks are playing nice minutes as bigs mm-hmm. in there. They're get- they're disrupting on the offensive end, being really efficient on the offensive rebounding front. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'll tell you what, I'm so impressed with how well this this lineup is playing together. They have a little mojo. Yep. Like, look, I'm not mm-hmm. saying like they're gonna win the whole thing again. Like that would be crazy. But you know what? This team is gonna be interesting moving forward, and I think they're well worth paying attention to, especially. If you have somebody like Joel Berry II, who could be on an All-American team, especially if you have Luke May, who is obviously one of the most improved players in the country. And if you have somebody like Cam Johnson, who is just now just now, getting, yes, just now getting comfortable, and that dude can launch it. Yep. Look out. You know what I call for Cam Johnson? I think he's going to have one of these games where he goes off like a Grant Riller type situation where he goes off for like 37. And, and, and you're like, holy smokes. Cam, I guess Cam Johnson went off. I, I think he's going to have one of these games. And all everybody's getting upset, and there's been massive upsets in the tournament, right, last few years. When's the last time Old Roy got upset in the tournament? Uh-huh. Long time, right? Long time. And what, four years ago? When's the last time Old Roy had a really bad loss, like a Lehigh Duke, like a Norfolk State, Missouri, like a Middle Tennessee State? When's the last time happened Old Roy? Death, uh-huh. taxes, and old Roy. Okay? And that's what we guess got what? right there. People, people are not going to know what to do with this lineup. Because nope. they already don't know what to do with it now. And guess what? They're not going to figure out what to do with it moving forward. I'm just telling you that right now. Guy's a great coach. Number 15, St. Mary, 73, Portland, 61, whatever. Number 18, Tennessee, 62. <laughs> <laughs> Number 18, Tennessee, goes to Georgia, loses 73-62. Rick Barnes said after the game, this time of year, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Georgia is better than they were two weeks ago. The question is, are we going to get better? Not exactly what you want to hear from uh, Rocky Mountain Top there heading into March. Tennessee's lost two of their last three. They're nineteen and seven. They're nine and five in conference, but they really blew a golden opportunity there to jump to the top of the SEC with Auburn losing to South Carolina. Partner volunteers go home, Florida, at Old Miss, at Mississippi State. Old Miss there, no coach. Kennedy left, so that's certainly something. And then home, Georgia. But nice win for Georgia. Not going to the NCAA tournament unless they make a huge run in the SEC. But Tennessee, tough loss there on the road. Uh, here's the, here's I got two things on this game. Number one, when you have the best player on the floor, you always have a chance. They have Yante Maton. You always have a chance, especially if you're playing at home. Uh, number two, guess what? Sometimes there's a little bit market correction, and this is what's happening right now at Tennessee. Uh, they've been – like one of their things is they out-effort everybody. It's not like they have like the most talented roster, uh, like they're really long and athletic, or they can really shoot it. Or, or, you know, they're not like they take great care of the ball. Like none of those things are characteristics of Tennessee. The characteristic of Tennessee is they play really hard and they execute. Sometimes, you know, sometimes in conference when you're really well scouted, like Coach Fox does for Georgia, sometimes you're going to run into that. And when you run into the, uh, you know, oh, man, that guy's really good on the other side, Yante Maton. Sometimes that happens, too. So I don't think there's anything out of character here. I don't think it's crazy. Uh, add Tennessee to that list that you know we ran down in the beginning of the se- uh, beginning of the podcast of like a ranked team losing to an unranked team. But really, like, it, it, is it really that nuts that like Tennessee loses to Georgia and no. Yante Maine? No, I don't think so. Absolutely, yeah. not. totally right. No. Number 21, Texas A&M. You know, it's amazing how in one week, us we can flip-flop. And I certainly flip-flop like a weather vane. I was saying Texas A&M is coming. Here they come. They're ready to go. They're starting to get hot. Then, of course, we have the situation where J.J. Caldwell's kicked off the team. J.J. Chandler is suspended indefinitely. And Texas A&M has just gone in the tank since then. Arkansas, nice win at home, 94-75. Texas A&M, I'm officially saying now, is the team that, quote, could be good but is never going to be good. They have size. They have things that the teams don't don't have. But there's no chemistry and there's no discipline. That's what other teams have. D.J. Hogue at zero points and a must win. I mean, come on. Gus. I mean, honestly, it's just unacceptable. Arkansas yeah. 19-8 overall, 8-6 in the SEC, tied for third. They're going to make the NCAA tournament. Be happy about that for Arkansas. But Texas a and No, you know why they're going to make the NCAA tournament? Because they win their home games. They win their home Every games. Every time Arkansas yeah. plays at home. Yeah. They, they win at home. 
And they have a really talented backcourt. Love Beard, takes good care of the ball, isn't going to kill you with his shooting, but you love Bar, uh, uh, Barfield and then you love Macon as well. Both of those guys are really talented. They're, you know, Coach Anderson kind of gives them a green light on like how they can operate. So you like what he allows them to do on the offensive end. He gives them a little bit of freedom, sometimes a little bit too much. But those three guards are really talented, and they've been playing really well at home, too. And you know what else? Another thing, too, to pay attention here? I think Gafford, totally underrated, totally under the radar. Those, the back, the, you know, the trio in the backcourt gets all the attention. Gafford's an NBA player. He, he's, he, he's got good bounce. Uh, he's disruptive on the defensive end. He can get you a board. He's got great length. If they can get him a little bit more disciplined and buy into his role – of like, okay, you're just going to get a whole bunch of offensive rebounds and we're going to give you the ball in the post every once in a while and you're going to score double digits and just disrupt a whole bunch of shots on the defensive end. This team is dangerous. I mean, yes, are they questionable on the road, of course, but I kind of like Arkansas with that trio in the backcourt and, uh, you know, they're developing big down low. First time in 10 years, Arkansas is 3-0 and in their last three games against ranked opponents. That's from a tweet at Razorback Basketball. Here's the upcoming schedule. They're looking good in the SEC. They're tied with Alabama. They're tied with Florida. Yep. They're tied with Missouri right there, right behind Tennessee by one game, and Auburn still two games ahead of, of, of the field, three games ahead of them. They have Kentucky they're hosting this week. That's a massive game. They go to Alabama. That's going to be fun. Then they got Auburn coming into Arkansas with no Macklemore. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then they go at Missouri. Arkansas is making it, and they're the team that nobody really knows a lot about. And don't forget, remember last year, closest game North Carolina had besides the championship game, of course, Arkansas in the second round. Great point. Unbelievable point. If they get in, guess what? They're going to be just as dangerous again this year. Two games left here on Saturday. Texas and Shaka, 77. Oklahoma, 66. Can somebody tell me why Oklahoma was ranked 23 going into this game? The Sooners are in free fall. They have definitely, as my partner said, have figured out the deal with Trey Young. They have lost five games in a row. They've lost six of their last seven. They lost at Alabama. They won Baylor. They lost at Texas. They lost to West Virginia. They lost at Iowa State. They lost at Texas Tech. And now they lost to Texas. Big, that's a lot of losses, that's, by the way. That's a lot, that's a lot of losses. And by the way, before that game against the, the Alabama loss, they beat Kansas and who they're going to play tomorrow night. So that's a massive game. And they lost two in a row at Kansas State, not Oklahoma State before that. So they've had a terrible run. At this point, you have Oklahoma at 6-8. and eight. They are tied with Texas, who's 6-8. and eight. Those are two teams headed in the complete opposite direction. Shaka has really gotten that team together. They're playing well. They had three losses in a row there to Kansas State at TCU and Baylor. This is one that they needed. They have swept Oklahoma this year. Shaka is really fighting. He's doing it. They lost Andrew Jones, leukemia, the whole thing. You can't blame the guy. But Texas now ends the season at Kansas State, home Oklahoma State. Those are winnable. At Kansas, going to be tricky. And then West Virginia. My question, Gus, is I still think Oklahoma's making it because they had him as a four last week when they were already losing games. I understand that if they lose out, they probably aren't really making it. But assume they pick up, Gus, one win, maybe two, they are absolutely making it. If they just got one win, I bet you they'd make the tournament as a play-in game because those ratings would be off the chart to see this kid in that game. They want Trey Young in this in the worst way, but Oklahoma in a free fall. Uh, agreed. We, again, we kind of talked about this before. We have to remember it's a TV show. It's the best unscripted TV show that there is. So what the committee wants to do is at least get some of, have some control over the script. That control is going to be throwing like the most polarizing player in our sport into the script. That's an, like that's going to happen. And like you said, as long as they pick up a couple of wins along the way here. And by the way. How has the narrative changed on them, huh? Where they, you know, yeah, we were talking about yeah. them as like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe they can win the conference. Maybe they can be the threat. Maybe he's the player of the year. Yep. And yeah. now we're, now, I mean, you just said it. Y- now you're hoping for them to get one or two wins to close out the season. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, it has been complete opposite ends of the spectrum for Oklahoma. And you know what? Uh, I, I, I think we talked about this in the previous matchup where I felt like Texas really matched up with them really well uh, athletically on the perimeter, and they didn't really have anything inside to combat Bamba and, like, you mm-hmm. know, at least mm-hmm. make him 
I don't know, at least limit him a bit. Not not even offensively, but at least make him like take up some space defensively so he's not going to be a complete shot disruptor the whole entire time. So I, I think this game made total sense to me. And here's what I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for Trey Young to get it right, and I'm rooting for Trey Young to like wow us a couple of more times this season. I want to see like Trey Young from five games ago. That's what I want to see. Give me, give me a couple more of those, and I'm good, and I'm back in, and I, and and you have great theater again. Last game we got on the docket here from Saturday, number 24, Nevada, wins a close game on the road against Utah State, 93-87. Big win for Utah. Frustrating win if you had Utah State plus five and a half. Uh, but very big win. No Lindsey Drew. They go on the road here and get a win. Nevada, 23-5 and overall. First in the Mountain West by a game and a half over Boise. So, I mean, let's just call it what it is right here. Is it is he a great coach or what? He's a great coach. He's a great coach. Yes. Like great. Not good. Not like, oh, up and coming. He's a great coach. He's a great coach. Yes. <laughs> let's go let, 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 let's go th- I mean, if we want to play this game, we can go through other teams. Like, look what happened to Keenan look what happened to Texas Tech when they lost their point guard, lost Keenan Evans. Like I, I obviously Lindsey Drew, Keenan Evans, like different caliber of player, but you get my point. Um, what happens if you take Javon Carter off, off of uh, West Virginia? What happens if you take Harper off of uh, uh, off of uh, Auburn? What happens if you take Joel Berry away from UNC? What happens if you take Nar away from St. Mary's? Like, what happens if you take uh, I, I don't know Winston away from uh, um, Michigan State? Guess what? They'd lose that next game in a hurry. No matter who the co- no matter who the competition is. Guess what Nevada did? They won. Not only did they win, they won on the road. Are you joking me? They lose their point guard, who's the one guy who they anchor everything around, and they kind of don't substitute for him all the time, where they do play position as basketball at the other positions. So you have, you know, Cody playing a little point. You got Caleb taking a little point. You got Hall covering a little point. Uh, Cook, the St. John's transfer, is playing a tiny bit. So they, they, now talk about position as basketball. Now it's really, now it's on. Now it's like the true test of like that theory of like, can we play position as basketball in, in, in the college level? Yeah, we're going to see it firsthand here. Coach Musselman did a great job the first game out. You want to see if he continues the game plan the right way. Great win for the Wolfpack. Against like a kind of underrated like Utah State team. I mean, they have talent. I mean, Merrill's pretty good. Uh, Kobe McEwen is a really talented player. Like, it's not like, you know, this was a pushover. So great win for the Wolfpack. I have a defense attorney that wants to come in and put you on the stand. Do you mind, partner? Uh, no, uh, please, please do. Uh, defense attorney, come in. Mr. Kearns, thanks so much. Appreciate you being here today. I have a question for you. Nevada beaten anybody this year who's ranked? We have the win over URI. They weren't ranked at the time. Okay, so that's a no. Thank you, Ms. Kearns. Ms. Kearns, what would you, as a Nevada fan, say is a successful season? My point is, if they made the NCAA tournament and lost in the first round, would that be disappointing or would that be fine in your mind? Great question, attorney. I think given the current state affairs of the roster, I think your expectations are now adjusted. I think now we're in a little bit of survival mode where we're expecting to try to win the regular season tour, uh, regular season crown and then get into the tournament and then figure it out. Would you say Whereas that- I think I think if you had Drew in the fold still, I think winning a game Getting to the Sweet 16 would be successful. What do you think all of the Nevada fans would say if they lost in the first round? Objection, speculation. Uh, My client cannot possibly explain what all of Nevada fans are feeling. It's withdrawn. (laughs) Uh, Last question, Mr. Kearns, and I'll step down. Okay. You have talked about how losing a player, a starting player, can often really hurt a team. The Nevada Wolfpack, certainly not a deep team. Not a deep team when you're talking about the NCAA tournament. Maybe deep in the Mountain West. Maybe deep enough to win Utah State. I believe, what, where are they ranked in the in the um, Mountain West? Are they one of the top three teams? Let's see. No, one, two, not. three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They're eighth right now. So you're saying that Nevada losing their starting point guard off of this team is going to be able to recover to win the Mountain West? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to that right now. Do you yes. think that and and in the tournament you'll have to see the matchups, but you think that that is something they can overcome? Oh, I think it's something that they they can overcome for sure. I, st- I, th- I think I think Coach Musselman is gonna look at this as 
one of the greatest coaching challenges he's had. No further questions, Your Honor. Gus, who was that guy? I don't know who that guy was. Gus came in here. I don't know. He, he was very direct. Very aggressive. I was, I was, a, little, was, I was very, a little timid. He doesn't like the Lindsey Drew injury. But anyway, big win for Nevada. No problem. There's our wrap-up. Exciting Saturday. And really, a couple quick ones here today, partner. The ones we had on Sunday. Maybe we'll just do a, a quick one-liner. Yeah, shoot. Uh, Purdue survives. Came out that Vince Edwards was not playing this game. He got hurt in practice. In my mind, I, I think you agree. All bets are off. Survive in advance, right against Penn State. Oh, without question. Yeah. Once you lose one of your, you know, uh, you, you could argue he's their best player. I know we can go a lot of different directions with that argument. Um, but if you lose, like, uh, basically, like he he can play point forward. He does everything for them. And you win a game against a very desperate Penn State yeah, team. Sure, sure. That that is now like, oh, we're in the conversation on the bubble. Like we're excited. Let's get giddy. Like, oh, oh man, we, you know, we're, we're don't forget about us. Like, if you can win that game without one of your best players, impressive win, survive in advance. Who cares about how many they won by? I don't know if you saw Michigan beat Ohio State so, yeah. 74-62. Do you, do, you feel, do you feel a little bit of redemption now? Uh, you know what? I have to admit I was wrong. You were right. You definitely obviously won the bet that Purdue is better than Michigan. Okay, so kudos to you. Michigan has played them tough. Both times they played them. But oh, without, yeah, Purdue yeah. is definitely better. You won that bet. So well done. Congratulations to you. I think they're dangerous. I think Michigan with B-line is a very dangerous tournament team. I don't know what to expect. I got to see the matchups. But they did a nice job. And Ohio State's lost back-to-back games now after that big one over Purdue. Uh, yeah. Uh, add, add the Ohio State losses to that list of losses that you had earlier. Um, yeah, I feel like everybody is just like a market correction big time. And, and like you said earlier, people were, you know, Ohio State can make the, the Final Four. They, you know, they have one of the best mm-hmm. players in the nation, Katie Stiop. Um, wow! And now two straight losses, and now, now, like, oh boy, the sky is falling. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's going to be crazy. It's absolutely unpredictable. Um, that's one of the reasons why, like, you know, I haven't predicted any games because you knew right around Valentine's Day, like, that's when it gets crazy in, in the season and, and upsets start happening. Like, like, you know, like. It, like you just ordered them up uh, like the morning paper. Like it happens every single day. Um, and, I, man, it, it, yeah, it's going to be crazy moving forward. And Cam Williams' injury is really starting to – Cam Williams' suspension is really starting to mount for them. I, I think that's something they're going to struggle with, especially when you predict a preseason to not really be that good and you're overperforming. You really can't lose a piece like that. Duke wins at Clemson. I will tell you right now, I'm going to start filling out brackets this week every day as we get ready. Partner, yeah. Clemson's going down early in the tournament. You can't – Anthem and then expect yeah. to continue to be dominant. This is a Duke team without Bagley. This was a chance for Clemson to win. Duke goes in, Grayson Allen goes nuts and wins. I, Clemson's going to be an early exit for me in the tournament. Do you feel here? Here's my question with Clemson, um, and, and you, you know, framed it just right with the Grantham injury. Do you feel like the Macklemore injury for Auburn is going to have yes. a similar yes. impact? Excellent, excellent comparison. You, yes, yeah. Yes. I, I mean, and and again. You hate to see an injury like this to a team like this and a player. Like, I feel like Macklemore and, and, and Grantham are both similar type players where you're like rooting for them. You just loved that they were having like gigantic success this season and they were like putting up numbers, balling out, you know, going to be something all conference, right? And, and then boom, injury happens and the whole expectation changes for that team. So, I, I, oh man. So, yeah, you hope that Auburn doesn't follow i mean clemson held it together for a couple of games it's not like they just completely fell off the map but maybe that maybe this is where the grantham injury starts like the the it starts piling up and you get to see the the realistic effect of it and the last one i said it last week i said it the week before i'm going to say it again wichita state is going to the final four i feel massively confident i'd Great love call. to see them in the bracket with like virginia i'm yeah. telling you Greg Marshall and their defense have been historically good every year. I know they haven't played well. I understand that, but it's coming together. I thought it was going to come together against Temple. You know what happened, Gus, against Temple? Temple made 16 three-pointers. 
Okay, just to right. show you how much of an anomaly that that is, they made seven at home today, getting blown out by Houston. They made sixteen. They shot well. What defense is going to stop sixteen three pointers? None. They played Cincinnati today, and you know I love Cincinnati. I got them both going the final four preseason. I feel uber confident about Wichita State. I watch this game. Landry Shamit destroyed Cincinnati. He destroyed them off the dribble. They couldn't stop him. Even with Jennifer, who starts because he's a great defender, right? And Gary Clark, who's just a fantastic player that scores six points every time I watch him play, right? Okay? And defense, he's reaching in. He's making strips. If it wasn't for Kane Broom, and I loved your tweet, loved your tweet. If it wasn't for Kane Broom, Cincinnati's getting blown out here. Enough of this, everybody scores five. Somebody right. has to score. This isn't right. Virginia defensively. Wichita State is coming. They're rounding in a form. McDuffie's playing well. Frank Camp made an up and under move. I said, this game's over. Uh, yeah, that up and under move was awesome. Landry Shamit is the real deal. This team is coming, and they're coming quickly. Big win, 76-72 at Cincinnati. Uh, three takeaways on this. Number one, Landry Shamit clearly the best player on the floor, clearly, like not even a question. I think you can argue him for player of the year in the conference, and and you will not find anybody that's gonna, you know, the the, the, the defense attorney. No, Gary Clark, but Gary Clark, enough with Gary Clark. He's not gonna bust into the room like he did earlier in the podcast. Uh, <laughs> he he he's unbelievable. He is playing at a very high level too. Gus, do you do, do you think if someone's shooting forty five percent from the field, a good year, a good year, right? Right. He's shooting forty five percent from three point range. Right. I mean, what else do you want from the guy? <laughs> the guy, he's playing really efficient. Uh, two. Here's my second takeaway. Uh, two. You need a dude. If you're gonna win a big game a like this, yes, you do. And you're going to win a game in the tournament. And all the games in the tournament kind of come down to this, especially if it's a tight game. You need a dude. Question's going to be, who's Cincinnati's dude? Love Clark. Love Evans. Love Broom. Love love them. Clark and Evans are, you know, they're going to play in the league at some point. No doubt. They're both going to, they're both going to play, be NBA players, whether it be a cup of coffee or, or longer. Who's the dude? Who's going to get that basket for you when you really, really need it? Obviously, for Wichita State, it's Shaman. Like, there's no, no question there. And then number three, Wichita State's defense may be just good enough for them to make that final four. And it's getting better. It's is, getting, it, is, yeah. it, is it like, you know, do the metrics say it's where it needs to be to do that? No, but is it that far away from Duke's? Is it that far away from Villanova's? Is it that far away from from Xavier's? No, not really. And maybe if they can continue to play the way they played and now that everybody... Maybe that number gets a little bit better and then it's not such a, I don't know, a number you're going to shy away from when you're filling out your bracket in March. Xavier is 70th in adjusted defensive efficiency as per Kempom. Wichita right. State is 75th. Nevada right. is 76th. Right. There you go. That's all okay. I got to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, the, the, we, we rest now. The case is at rest. What do, you, what do we say? Defensive attorney? Uh, uh, the, the, the defense rests, Your Honor. Yes. Defense rests. Defense rests. Rest. Okay. Well, there's a rundown, partner. Should I get ready on the couch? Uh, please do. Okay. So listeners out there, here's what we got for you. Number one, um, again, if you like what you're listening to, please don't be afraid. Send a little love our way this President's Day weekend and uh, hit us up on uh, Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts uh, and leave a nice review just like our, let's see, just like Nate from Kansas City. Nate left a review and said, Gus and Mike do a great job breaking down the college basketball. Highly recommend it for any fan out there. Thank you, Nate White. Ahoy out there. Thank you for leaving us a nice review. You leave a nice review on iTunes. We'll give you an ahoy, just like Nate from Kansas City. Uh, if you like what you're listening to as well, please follow us on uh, Twitter, SDS Podcast, Efficiency of Keystrokes, of course. Give Mike a follow, at Randall Rant. He is highly entertaining, highly educational. And if you're looking for some uh, screen-to-screen or in print, please hit up Mike's site, 
RandallRant.com. He does the short corner up there. He, you get to dive into his basketball mind, which is a, you know, put your life preserver on. It's a dangerous dive at some points, but he always has something fascinating and thought provoking. Um, so listeners out there, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, Mike, uh, did that give you enough time to get comfy on the couch here? Oh, I feel good, partner. Go ahead. I can't wait. We did. We do. We do the couch countdown. We did it with Gus. Gus gets phenomenal answers tonight. I'm going on the couch. Top of my head, Gus is going to fire rapid fire questions for one minute, and we'll see how we do here. Okay. So, Mike, just get comfortable. Maybe pull the blankie up. Yeah. Um, you know, get comfy with the pillow. That type of situation. Okay. All right. So, all right. Here we go. Just gut answer. No, I don't want any deep thought. Nope. I eyes just want. I just want your. I just want your 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 gut answer on all of these. Questions. Eyes are co- Eyes are closed. Coming from my gut. You got it. Let's fire. Okay. All right. Here we go. Mike is on the couch countdown. March fourth, Wichita State or Cincy? Wichita State. Will Pitt win an ACC game this year? No. Should Donovan Mitchell have won the dunk contest? Yes. I think this is ridiculous. Yes. And I don't like Donovan Mitchell. Is Auburn in trouble without Macklemore? Yes. Oreos. You go with milk or you go solo? Milk, always. Will Mike Dom make an all-American team this year? Sadly, no. New Mexico State. Are they in trouble after dropping two straight? Or just add them to the list of upsets that we listed at the beginning of the podcast. Add to the list. Love New Mexico State. Better backcourt, URI or St. Bonnie's? St. Bonnie's. What did you give up for Lent, Mike? I gave up cell phone at home with the kids. Michigan State is going to be a number what seed? One. Will Nick King send Middle Tennessee State to March? 100% yes. Favorite traveling Willowberry besides Tom Petty? Bob Dylan? Very nice, yes! (laughs) Who is your player of the year in college basketball? Jalen Brunson. All right, Mike. Uh, well, all right, that was great. That was great. Wow. I, my eyes are tearing. I was sweating. That was, that was so good. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, well, you wanted to be comfortable. I'd be sweating. Yeah. Uh, no, it was listen, intense. We hope you played along at home. Uh, we encourage you if you, you want to hit rewind on that part. Great questions. And play along. Great questions. Yes. Um, I, I'm so glad you said milk with the Oreos, by the way. Uh, I mean, and, I'm after really, this podcast when I edit it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and really, we were just looking for another member of the traveling world race. I was so proud of you. Good job. I got I got thrown off. I was I didn't want to say something stupid, but I mean, this never stopped me before, so I don't know why I got nervous. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you handled it very well. I was very proud of you. Very nice. All right, let's wrap it up, partner. We'll do some lines. August does the lines here. He's killing it. Hashtag SDS lines. The uh, the point spreads that are coming out here. We only have them for Monday, and then we'll have a couple questions for you on Tuesday, partner. Only got two for you tomorrow. First one, I think you know where you're going, and I'm maybe going there in my wallet as well. ND at home minus four against Miami. What will Matt Farrell do for an encore? Had 37 points and a school record 10 three-pointers. Partner, school record ND, that's saying something, right? Oh, without question. I love Notre Dame here. I'm kind of with you. I think Miami and the injury news uh, with Brown and them, you know, playing at that slower pace, I think that plays right into Notre Dame's hands. Uh, So give me Notre Dame there. I really like them. Kansas at home, minus eight and a half over Oklahoma. Sooners lost five in a row, but they did beat Kansas at home this year. Guess what? I love Oklahoma and the points here. Wow! (laughs) You know, that's great. I'm going to tell you why that's great. So you've listened to the podcast. You know I've won one bet in basically over two years for, uh, with Kansas, and that was the it's totally true, one hundred percent. That was the I bet for them, I bet against them. Whatever I do, it doesn't work out. Anyway, Iowa State covered by a half point, but of course I thought I was going two for two. I am going to wager Kansas minus eight and a half. I think really? Oklahoma's done, which is great because either I'm going to win or you're going to be right. This is tremendous. <laughs> That's fantastic. Either way, it's a win for the podcast. Yes, love it. Svima Hayek's going to shoot the lights out. Nope, not going to happen. Azubuki has two fouls already. Okay. Uh, Two more for you, man. Tuesday preview. Baylor's hosting West Virginia. Fishy. This is tricky. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see the spread on this, but let's just go like game result. You want to see West Virginia get this right. And I'm just going to harken back to the conversation that we had earlier with the West Virginia and Kansas game. I think that Hug gets it right here. I think he went and talked to his coaches. I think he went and apologized to his team. I think that they'll be kind of inspired. I think that that the whole staff, the whole roster, the whole program is going to be bought into this. 
Does Baylor need another one of these wins desperately? Absolutely. This would be another win to like you know further their march, a uh, uh, march towards March, and 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 get that invite that they're so desperately wanting. But give me West Virginia here. I think that they circle the wagons and like all of the dysfunction that took place in the prior game is going to come back and, and and this is going to be the start of getting it right. And last one, Butler hosting Creighton. Creighton beat them at home. No crample this time. Who do you like? Uh, here's the first thing. Take the over on this game. Whatever the whatever the number no, is. Yeah, yeah. I like the over on this. Uh, and you know what I you know what I think is going to happen here? I think Baldwin and Thomas are going to play to a standstill. And I think whoever plays better between Foster oh, and good. Martin yes. yeah. is going to determine what happens here. I think if Martin continues the ball out like he's been doing, he's been like you know scoring the ball at an unbelievable rate in the Big East. Uh, then give me Butler. But I think if Foster, I mean, and you can say Foster's a first team All Big East player, like no doubt. If Foster outplays Butler, then I, give me Butler. So I think if you're looking for a pivot point in this game, I think it's that Martin. Uh, Foster matchup. Obviously, they're not going to be guarding each other the whole entire game, but like whoever plays better out of those two, uh, I would I would lean that way. And if I was predicting, you know who I'd say? I'd say Foster. I think Foster's going to go off. I'm I with you. I yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. like Creighton in this game a lot. Yeah, but, Butler's lost at home to George. They lost at home to Xavier. Then they lost to Villanova. Then they lost at home to Georgetown. Then yeah. they, they beat Providence, but they pulled away late. I'm with you. I really like Creighton here. I don't know why. And you know you'll get points at Butler too. Uh, without question. Um, so I think that's worth, you know, if wagering, you know, if gambling was legal, I think that's worth a wager without question. That's all we got, partner. Another great action-packed Monday. People listen to this. Folks, Gus said it all. Follow us. Give us a review. We love it. We're coming quickly at you with the information. I'll have my solo this week. We could have a couple interviews. We'll come back on Wednesday. Gus got his mid-major. Randall Rant. Who knows what's going on? Unbelievable college basketball. We're flying into March. Gratulatia. Cheers, Salancha. Arigato, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We totally appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.